Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, today is Super Bowl Sunday and anybody but Tom Brady Day. That's right. And can you shoot someone for using hate speech? Aren't you smart enough to use conflict resolution to deal with someone that says something you don't like? It is yet the latest head-shaking incident that will leave you wondering what has gotten into people. Three people are dead today, a married couple and their neighbor. And the reason is unbelievable. The couple was shoveling snow and tossing it on the neighbor's property. Words were exchanged and then came gunfire. Stephen Fabian has our report and we warn you, the video is disturbing. It's an argument between neighbors. It happened during that huge snowstorm that hit the nation this week. The dispute, snow shoveling. Within minutes of the nasty fight breaking out, all three of these people will be dead. Police say James and Lisa Goy were shoveling snow onto their neighbor's property near Scranton, Pennsylvania. They started yelling insults at each other. But then 47-year-old Jeffrey Spade pulls out a handgun. You can hear the woman dare him to shoot. Go and then he does. The first four bullets miss, but then the husband is hit. We're freezing the video. You can hear him scream out. Then his wife is gunned down. Stunned neighbors come out of their homes. Are you okay? You want help up? Are you okay? They all run away when they see their neighbor coming back, armed this time with an assault rifle. At this point, the husband and wife are both still alive, but seriously wounded. The video shows Jeffrey Spade deliberately walking over to them. He's shouting profanities at them, and then he shoots them again at close range, killing them both. We have two victims in the street. 
Once more, the killer retreats to his house, and it's there that police say he takes his own life. Subject might be in the house. We are one single gunshot. He may be down. Very sad. Next door neighbor Jamie says the murdered couple were like family. You're on your front porch. This all happened like right here, right in front of your yes. front porch. Yes. Yeah. I saw everything with him walking down the driveway shooting, going back up, getting the, the rifle and coming back down. And I'm fortunate to be here today. No, you don't put more snow on my property. We've seen people lose their cool over shoveling the snow before. These two guys start hitting each other with their shovels. But the conflicts rarely lead to the kind of tragedy that struck this quiet neighborhood. Wow, the couple who was killed has a 15-year-old son who was home at the time of the shooting. He's now staying with his grandparents. All right, insane. Okay, so James McCoy, 50, and his wife, Lisa Coy, 48, were gunned down at close range in the middle of, the of their street in Plains Township, Pennsylvania. But you know what? There's more. This is Black History Month. We need to honor that. So let's go to Florida. All right, so a Florida woman in, in a Florida gator shirt, and this is dedicated to my sister. My sister uh, is a graduate of the University of Florida. Go Gators! And let's see what her... A, oh, man, a representative from her school, Anamada, <laughs> had to say. We're going to take a look at that a little later. And also in Hamilton, Georgia, police chief Gene Allman has resigned, and one of his officers were fired as this video surfaced of a racist conversation in which they casually dropped the N-word and say slavery met the needs of black people. And also a 25-year-old married to a 60-year-old man sitting courtside at a Lakers game. Was it Lakers? Yeah. Yeah, Lakers? Okay. All right, so Lakers game uh, made a rude comment to LeBron James, you know, because, you know, I'm not a big fan of LeBron myself. I'm sorry. Don't don't send any hate messages to me. Uh, ended with the double, you know, thrown, the, the couple, sorry, thrown from the game. So... We're going to look at those videos. Man, we got some good stuff for you today. We're going to talk with Jason English. He's an attorney in Austin, Texas. He's a former, a former uh, county, uh, assistant county attorney. We're going to talk to him about you know, his experience with the DA's office, the district attorney's office, uh, talk to him about uh, some things that are going on in, in Austin. What about the riots? What about these people that, are being, uh, that were charged with crimes they committed during the riot? Are they going to be prosecuted? We're going to talk a little bit about that, but I do want to talk about, you know, we need to start using conflict resolution. You know, at some point, you know, just because someone says something you don't like, I don't care if it's the N word, whatever it is, hate speech, whatever you want to say, you can't always, you, you, you just can't shoot someone because they're saying something that you dislike. You cannot make someone do what you don't want them to do. But what we can do is control our own actions. We can control ourselves. We can control what happens inside our home and our property and all that stuff. But we cannot make someone else do what they don't want to do. So just because someone's using hate speech, you know what? I, I encourage people, yeah, go ahead and use that hate speech. I like to know where all my races are located. So that way I don't have to deal with them. So nah, don't make it a crime. It should not be a hate speech. There are people out here that want to make this a hate speech. It should be illegal, a crime for someone to use bad words, bad language. And I totally disagree. What do you think, Zach? Well, that will just suppress 
the people who normally would talk about it and you would know who they are, right? Okay. Yeah, exactly. And I think they should be allowed to do it. You should be allowed to say you have a freedom of speech. Say what you want. If you want to use bad language, you want to use the N-word, you want to say something just nasty to someone, you should be able to say it. I love to say nasty things to people every now and then. Yeah, they uh, <laughs> recorded that woman just going on that racist tirade. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, oh, man, wait till we show you this video. What do you think, Felicia? I mean, absolutely. Hate speech is still free speech, but free speech does not mean that you're free from consequences. Yeah. So if you're going to run your mouth, you should also be prepared for someone's fist to make contact with your face if they deem it necessary. What did Mike Tyson say? He said, uh, we've gotten just way too used to being able to say whatever we want to people online and not get punched in the face. Yeah, yeah. It just, you know, hey, and somebody may, someone may call your bluff. You say, bring it on. Come on. I don't believe you. You're not going to do it. You know what? You may just push them over the edge. They just might do it. So you might want to use conflict resolution to try to calm that situation down. You know, you need to talk to people like they're an adult and you're talking to another adult. Don't talk to someone like you're the parent talking to a child. That's not the way to handle situations like that. So we need to start using conflict resolution and start calming those situations down so that we can get through whatever it is that's going on. Road rage, whatever it is, you know, don't engage in what's going on. And we know we've gone too far. You know when you've honked that horn. You know when you've tapped those brakes and, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to get someone to, you know, bump you or something like that. Don't do stuff like that. Let that stuff go. There's something going on in that person's life at that moment in time. And you know what? You could push them over the edge. So just let it go. Sometimes the best thing to do is just let it go and get on down the road. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace. This is Maj Toure. You're listening to Come and Talk It Radio with Michael Cargill. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Austin's Talk, 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about can you shoot someone just because they're using hate speech? And, and should hate speech be, you know, should there be something that you can use force, a daily force, just because someone's using it? And should it be a hate crime? Well, you know what? And I, I think, no, it shouldn't be. I don't think it should be a hate crime. I don't think you should be able to shoot someone just because they're saying something that you don't like. Uh, just because someone is saying something that's very rude, disrespectful, they're saying something very nasty, 
you know, there is something called disorderly conduct. If you're using vulgar language in public, you know, you can be charged on a disorderly conduct. We're going to talk to Jason English, who used to be a, a district, a assistant, assistant DA. Sorry about that. Um, with the Travis County DA's office. Talk to him about that. Hope I have that title correct. We'll get him to correct me if I'm wrong. And then, but you know what? Let's go to Florida real quick. Florida woman in, in Florida gator shirt goes on a racist rant in Lee County, Florida. Check this out. Portion was all captured on a cell phone. That video posted to social media where hundreds are now speaking out in anger. And if you think I'm going to have a f tell me he's not moving off my driveway. A racist rant all over a truck parked on the road. Will Osley and Melvin Finley own a moving company. On Saturday, they were in Lee County unloading a truck. That's when this woman, Gina Brashear, got mad that the truck was blocking the road. Me and him are on the back of the truck. We're still working. We're still un uh, you know, unloading the, the, the sheets of metal onto the pallet. We start hearing this commotion on the other side of the truck just getting louder and louder and more intense. That's the moment when the customer, who didn't want to speak to me out of fear, starts capturing this video. In 30 seconds, Brashear unloading a racist rant. And if you think I'm going to have a f tell me he's not moving off my driveway, I can use the word all god mother That wasn't it. I you that cannot say that. Now for your trailer. I can't say Please bring it to me in writing. She screamed the N-word six times in just half a minute. You know, I've been, you know, insulted before. It's nothing new to me. But this time around, it's a little, I don't know, it just feels a little different. It feels bigger than me. I went to Brashear's home. She didn't want to come out to talk on camera, but she spoke with me on the phone. I and over the course of the video. I a hundred times in 30 seconds. There's nothing illegal about saying it. Do you feel that it's okay to use that derogatory Absolutely. word? Absolutely. Do I have reasons to be racist? Absolutely, I do. I asked her about people calling her racist online. One thing you need to get, get straight from coming from me. I don't care who's upset. I don't care that I'm called a racist. To Melvin and Will, this is bigger than just affecting them, and they hope... It's the catalyst of change. It's 2021, man. I don't, I, I don't know. We have a very long way to go. We have not come as far as we claim. We have a, we have a long way to go. I'll tell, tell you, you know what? I like Gina Brashear, you know, because she lets me know how she feels. And I'm, I'm glad. I want someone to let me know how they feel. But you know what? I like to dedicate this to my sister, who's a graduate of University of Florida. Because you know what? University of Florida, they don't produce nothing but trash at the university. <laughs> Nothing but trash. I'm telling you right now. So you know what? And don't call me. Don't call me. Don't call me at the office, at the gun store. Don't tell me how much you hate me because I don't care. Okay? They're nothing but trash at the University of Florida. Go Gators. <laughs> All right. So let me bring into the conversation uh, Jason English. He's an attorney in Austin, Texas. Jason, welcome to Come and Talking, sir. Hey, thanks, Michael. This is Jason English. I'm a former prosecutor who represents good people facing criminal and drunk driving charges. All right. So, Jason, you know, tell me, you know, can I I know this is not one of the things you, you prosecuted people for when you were an assistant a district attorney. But, you know, tell me, you know, can you you know, can I shoot someone for hate speech? Well, I mean, let me tell you, let's say that it goes forward and we've got 12 people in a box and we've got a jury trial. And at some point, when you talk about self-defense and self-defense is a justification, and if we were to get the law from the judge, the judge would tell you 
that whether it's deadly force or whether it's non-deadly force, words are not going to be enough to allow you to use self-defense, whether it's deadly or not. And so I would say that you would not be able to get a defensive instruction if you were prosecuted to be able to say that you were justified in shooting someone in response to hate speech. Right. You're going to need more. Now, what about disorderly conduct? And what do you think about that? You know, because disorderly conduct, you use hate speech, you know, in public out loud, you know, using you know, profanity out loud, you can be charged with disorderly conduct. Totally, totally. And you, you could get, I mean, you, you would have to balance the equities between First Amendment rights and then hate speech. What is what is the difference and, and what is it more in line with? You know, it used to be a lot more clear than kind of where we find ourselves as a community now and what's kind of the more acceptable or maybe not acceptable, but maybe the normal language that's heard, even if it's acceptable or not. And so I think some of the those um, clear definitions between ah, this is not protected of the First Amendment probably or have probably been a little diminished. OK, and then let's 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 talk about the Travis County DA's office, Travis County DA Jose Garza. Has actually has indicted two police officers for brutally, uh, well, brutality doing a drug bust that I guess it happened like like two years ago. Hey, Zach, tell us about that case. Yeah, so uh, it just happened that a Travis County grand jury indicted two APD officers on charges of aggravated assault by a public servant because of an incident that happened in March 2019 during a drug bust. Mm, okay, and then uh, so. Man, Jason. So, is it you know how difficult is it to prosecute a police officer? Because you're because this is the first. This DA here is actually the first one has taken this stance on bringing multiple police officers under indictment. Well, I mean, I think that prosecuting anybody is going to be similar. I mean, I think that the and, and I prosecuted police officers, and on the defense side, I've represented a lot of police officers um, as a defense lawyer. You know, it still has to go through all the steps and channels. You know, you got an IA investigation. You've got all the, the different. Usually it's going to be a different law enforcement agency. Maybe it's Texas Rangers or somebody is going to step in and look at the stuff. But it's still a matter of uh, do we think that we could prove it on the prosecution side? And, and then the other thing, too, is do we think that the uh, community would back us up? if it went to a jury trial or do we think that it would be reasonable or something, you know, I, I'm not familiar with the, um, the two officers from, I think it was an 18 case. Right. Um, I think it was previously cleared from what I thought from the previous administration. Um, but I don't know the facts of the ag assault out of the right. a drug bust. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to get into the facts. You know, I just want to talk about, you know, just there's things on the surface here. Like for example, you know, aren't there some things that actually cover police officers, um, you know, from immunity, uh, from certain things. And then also, totally. go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just saying totally. Um, officers are going to have um, official immunity that that's going to shield them from stuff. And, you know, that's what even recently, what was the one case where there was a shooting at that bank on 38th Street a couple of years back and the officer, I think they tried to try it federally and it didn't go. Right. Um, but, you know, that's the question that we're going to be faced with in the future is is because essentially law is just a reflection of society's needs. And the argument's going to be made that maybe the immunity that officers and even prosecutors have, you know, isn't going to be a, um, you know, s such a, a believed in thing that some of these things that are going to actually be erosions in it and that we may not have immunity in the future. I would assume that those are probably going to be inroads made legislatively to try to reduce or limit the uh, immunity that officers have. 
You said prosecutors also have immunity? Prosecutors have prosecutorial immunity, correct. What does that entail? It's, a, it's the same thing as, as long as whatever you're doing in, in your official capacity, it would keep you from um, being sued in, in, um, for, as a result of whatever actions you took. Okay. And then aren't, aren't police officers officers of the court? So the whole system is really designed to protect the police officer. Like, you know, the police department investigates themselves, you know, for pretty much, you know, the Austin Police Department has an internal affairs division that actually does the investigation. It's not always that the Texas Rangers are actually called in. And then you have the, you know, the court, you know, the DA, you know, you guys work, you know, closely with the right. police department. So it doesn't look favorable on the DA if they're actually uh, prosecuting the people that are they're they're supposed to work with and who are actually tasked to actually protect them as well. I think it would definitely uh, complicate stuff and and, and it could uh, make it hard to be a persuasive case. But I do think though that that looking back, I've seen a lot of times where an outside agency was tasked with and handled the investigation. At least that's what I was familiar with. And again, I'm not sure how these last um, two of them were handled. All right. All right. And then, uh, man, I'll tell you, <laughs> we're going to talk about some other videos. There's some other videos I, I definitely want to show you guys because uh, you have the one where um, <laughs> uh, the couple and uh, well, the, the the police chief in Hamilton, Georgia, he actually was sitting there talking to one of his other deputies. And the whole thing behind this is they were actually having a conversation, but they didn't think their body cameras were working. So what they did was they took the body cameras, they turned them in to, you know, because they said, hey, these body cameras aren't working properly. They're not recording. So when they brought them in, the people that were reviewing the body camera footage says, oh, you know what? It's working great. As a matter of fact, you know, this video here, and we'll, we'll show that video when we come back from the break, you know, shows some really crazy stuff. So we're going to talk about that. Also, a 25-year-old married to a 60-year-old man sitting courtside at a basketball game, had some words with LeBron James. And, boy, let me tell you, that couple was thrown from the game because of those words. And LeBron said, you know what? And I like the way LeBron James handled that situation. He said, you know, they should not have been thrown from the game. You know, just because someone says something, you know, we had some words between two adults. I, he said what he had to say. I said what I had to say. And then that was that. You know, and they shouldn't have been thrown for the game. We're going to talk about that. We come back from the break. This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to Come and Talk. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Austin's Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, over in Hamilton, Georgia, Police Chief Gene Ullman has resigned. And one of his officers, you know, they were fired after this video surfaced of a racist conversation in which they casually dropped the N-word and say slavery met the needs of black people. Take a listen to this. Well, you didn't have to shoot him, it's just a taser. Then how come when you tase a it's like you done killed him 27 times? Well, I don't 
I'd rather f the mayor than Stacey Abrams. Yes, sir. I don't own no slaves. My folks didn't own no slaves. Hey, I'm okay. You know, what did we talk about? 200 fucking years ago? Hey, I've been doing a... I do a lot of stuff on my family history on ancestry. I did find evidence of some slave-owning part of my family, even though we're from Ohio and didn't nobody up there. But I'm going to tell you, looking at Chris's family, holy <laughs> Man, let me tell you what. After the Civil War was over with, he became a an overseer on a plantation. So he was the, in charge of all the slaves. It seems to me like... All right. Okay. So, <laughs> man, I tell you, he's no. He says, man, let me tell you, my family didn't own slaves, but let me tell you, look at that Chris's family. <laughs> Holy. Whoa, Chris and them. They own. Chris was the overseer. He was a slave master. He used to beat them. <laughs> I am this. Oh, this is hilarious to me. You can't. You know, you can't ban hate speech, man. People be serious about this stuff. This is some. This is some good comedy stuff. You take this stuff to the stage, you make a joke out of this stuff. You let people say what's on their mind. You know what? It doesn't hurt you. So, you know, you listen to it, you laugh about it, and that way you know where these people are. That's why I love Facebook. I love social media. It lets me know where all the races are. You know, don't get upset about stuff like that. Use conflict resolution. You know, let that stuff, you know, let that stuff go. If you if you get upset about stuff like that, then you're you're that type of person that's quick to pull the gun out and use it when you're not supposed to. No. Gun's not for every single situation. Sometimes you got to be that smarter person, that bigger person, and calm down. And, it's, you know, life is like a chess match, you know. Got to play chess. And in, in the end, you get to the end piece. Uh, got to check that, check the queen of the other side. What do you think? What do you say? Yeah, I think if you just have an ongoing beef with your neighbors, then you're doing something wrong in life. If you can't get along with the people <laughs> that live next to you, you know. And there's a, there's a lot of people that's like that, I tell you. You know, you know, have fights with their neighbors. What are you going to say, Felicia? I was just going to say, it would have been very easy for all the adults in that situation to end it by just going into their home. Oh, yeah. We're so, in the, like, and, and, and then simply, you know, not being a crappy neighbor and putting snow in, in your... In your in your neighbor's yard, is it a stupid thing to do? Right. Yes. Is it even stupider to get mad about it? Sure. Right. But once it hits a certain point of escalation, go into your house and finish later. And we're talking about the snow shoveling thing that happened in Pennsylvania now. So basically what happened was this couple, the husband and the wife, James Coy and Lisa Coy, were shoveling snow from their from their yard, their driveway. And they shoved they shoved the snow into the neighbor's yard across the street. So that neighbor across the street gets upset about it, comes outside. They have some words and are like, you know what? James and Lisa were like, what are you going to do about it? You know, you're not going to do nothing. You know, you're a wimp and all this other stuff and da 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 and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, what are you going to do? Well, the guy goes into his house, gets a gun, comes outside. And ladies and gentlemen, listen, when you're in a situation where, you know, like road rage, you're having an incident, you don't know what's going on in a person's life. You don't know where they are in that moment in time. 
you know, maybe someone died in their family. Maybe their house is being foreclosed on. Maybe their dog just died. You know, a, you know, something like that, something that could be going on in their life. And you just intersected with that person. And now you pushed them to the, you know, just it was that little incident that just pushed them over the edge. And they're like, that was the last straw. And you just called them on that bluff. And they kept calling. You know, what are you going to do? He goes into the house. He gets a gun. He comes out. And they're like, what are you going to do? Do it. I dare you. I dare you. What did he do? He did it. He, they got learnt. <laughs> Let me tell you, boy. They got learnt because he did it. He pulled. He pulled his gun out. He shot the. He shot the husband. He shot the wife, and they started screaming. He ran out of. He the first five shots missed, and that's pathetic. Let me tell you, they were so close. He actually missed the first five shots. We talk about this in class. We shoot from the three yard line, the the <laughs> the seven yard line, and the fifteen yard line. The license carry handgun course. And I talk about how we're, when we're at the three-yard line, we shoot 20 rounds, and I can tell if anyone is not in the X, the 10 area at the three-yard line, they're going to miss the entire target when we get back to the 15-yard line. So this guy shoots five shots. He misses, and then he the, the six-shot hits, the seven-shot hit, eight-shot. He runs out of ammunition, goes back into his house, gets a rifle, an AR-15, I believe, comes back outside they're both on the ground screaming he goes up to the wife and says i told you to shut up and shoots her let me tell you something people when you're dealing with someone who is calm and relaxed you might want you might not want to mess with them that person's really relaxed i don't mess with calm people if i'm sitting there and i'm talking to someone and i'm getting upset and that person's really calm and relaxed you know what it's time for me to go that's the old proverb, right? Don't mess with the quiet one. Yeah, that's why I don't mess with Zach, because Zach, boy, Zach is quiet. And I know Zach crazy. Yeah, you don't know what I'm <laughs> That's why we made him Try sit me. over there today. <laughs> that's why I made him sit on the other side of the table. He was too close. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me go back to Jason English. He's our, our, our assistant, former assistant of DA. He's an attorney in Austin, Texas. And Jason deals with, uh, Jason, tell us, what cases do you deal with? Michael, I handle a whole lot of cases, but uh, numbers-wise, most of it's criminal defense and DWI defense. Man, DUIs. Uh, have you ever dealt with anyone with a license to carry handgun? And they got a DUI, or for sure, for oh, sure. Really? Okay. And and uh -huh. is it how easy it is it how easy is it? Sorry, for you to negotiate with the DA in trying to get that that case you know, maybe reduced down to a lesser well, sentence. You know, the, the way that most of the negotiations go is that, um, you know, you end up forfeiting the handgun and then they'll, they will dismiss the um, possession of the firearm while you're intoxicated case. And then you just end up dealing just on the DWI and most types. That's kind of the resolution that I have. So when I get clients, I let them know on the front hand, hey, what, what kind of pistol was it? Is this an heirloom? Is this something that you're going to be upset letting go because they're going to want us to forfeit it? And that's going to help us in our positioning. All right. So mental note, make sure I carry the high point. Got it. Okay. That's it. That's it. <laughs> okay. So then uh, what about, uh, so we, we're trying to get that reduced and get that, you know, down to a lesser sentence, because if you have a life security handgun, you get convicted of a DUI, then you're going to lose your license for like seven years. Um, and so, yeah, you definitely want to get it reduced down to a class C misdemeanor, which is a lot better. So if it's a class C, then you get to keep your handgun license. You won't get it revoked or anything like that. All right, so man, all right. What are some of the things that you you find difficult um, in dealing with these cases? 
in the someone that's, that's intoxicated with a with a weapon while, while they're intoxicated you mean yes sir oh i don't know that we find stuff that's difficult i think that that's just a complication to the to the underlying dwi i think that the kind of where we are politically is the the dwi is going to be the, the the more important you know the sexier case for the prosecutor's office to deal with um which is so. actually which is probably pretty pretty common in in travis county since we have, I think so. You know, with their, you know, party scene and stuff like that, you probably come across a lot of people that are in situations like that. Correct. All right. So, um, so trying to get that, okay, giving up your gun, you know, that's one of the things to try to compromise. Um, what do you, it's do the you same know? thing if you end up taking a gun to t the TSA, you know, the airport, you know, a lot of times, you know, you're going to have to be in a position to think you're going to forfeit that weapon. Right. Because in Austin, the Austin Burstrom Airport is the worst airport in the entire country where people forget and take their guns to security, you know? And so luckily at the Texas legislature, they came up with a, a bill that went into effect in 2000 and I think it was 2017 where I nicknamed it the, my bad law, where if you're in Texas, you, you're at the airport and you have your license to carry handgun and you forget and you go through security. They have this little thing I called the, my bad. It was like my bad. They actually will allow you to go and lock it up, put in your vehicle you know, um, and then and then come back through. But the TSA, the federal government says, you know what, they can still find you. I believe it's up to like thirteen thousand dollars. So it's a very expensive mistake to make going to the airport. That's correct. I, I see both the, those as well. And I, I'm not always sure which way I see, because it seems like some people are allowed to uh, take the gun back and then some people are not. So it's not always that consistent with what I see. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So what are some other cases you deal with? Well, um, you know, a lot of assaults, ag assaults, um, just, you know, all the, the general stuff. You know, I, I'm generally not taking any type of um, theft cases or burglary cases unless it's like an employee type theft. Right. Now, um, now, what about uh, all the protests? There are a lot of protests that we, we saw that took place in Travis County in Austin last year in 2020. Uh, in June, when all the protests and the riots started, and people were arrested for a lot of charges for things of that nature, um, are you having to defend any clients? Have any clients in, in reference to that? You know, I, I've never seen any any of those clients. I've asked my friends that are also doing defense work, and um, they haven't seen them either. It seems like that most of those cases, while they were arrested, they didn't end up being charged. Okay. Because right, I know, uh, like the the county attorney has decided to drop some of those cases and not prosecute some of them, you know. Uh, but I'm not sure if it's any property damage or anything like that. So we'll see what happens, you know, with that. Because there's a different, there's a change now. You know, we have a different DA. And we also have a different county attorney now in 2021 in Travis County. And so the DA, the district attorney, has said that you know what he what he's doing is he's actually. He's going back. He's going back in certain cases and he's coming back and he's actually prosecuting or trying to prosecute, you know, police officers for things that they did back in like 2019, things before he came into office. He's going back and reviewing cases, you know, that stuff. Um, so I want to go back to that a little bit and talk about, you know, uh, as a police officer, because we talked about this earlier, uh, we have to wait till after the break. I'll come back. I'll come back right after the break and we'll I want to ask you this question. So I want to talk about, you know dealing with, you know, law enforcement, you know, have you, you know, had, to, what, how would you mount in a defense, a defense, you know, against the DA 
you know, in protecting that police officer from being prosecuted for some of these, you know, little cases like this. We'll, we'll talk about that when we come back from the break. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Polio Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Talk 1370, The Right Choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so a 25-year-old married to a 60-year-old man was sitting courtside making rude comments to LeBron James. And LeBron was like, you know, he's having a conversation. He had a couple of words exchanged, you know, with this 60-year-old guy. He, the, the guy said something, LeBron said something, and then all of a sudden his, you know, this 25-year-old, this girl jumps in. He's like, at first, I thought was that that was his daughter. Then, he, then I find out it was his wife. He says, I was in shock. Listen to this. Listen, let me tell you. LeBron James looked at my husband during the game and cussed him out, and I stood up and I go, don't talk to my husband. Talk to my husband one more time, and I will you up. No, at the end of the day, that's, uh, I'm happy fans are back in the building. I miss that interaction. I need that interaction. We as players need that interaction. I don't feel like it was warranted to be kicked out. Um, there was a, 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 you know, a back and forth between two grown men and, and which, uh, uh, and you know, we said our piece, he said his piece, I said my piece. And then when someone else jumped into it and, and, and said their piece, um, but I didn't, I didn't think they were, you know, should have been kicked out. Um, but they might have had a couple of drinks maybe, and they could have probably kept it going, and the game wouldn't have been about the game no more. So I think the referees did what they had to do. Um, and I don't I mean, it's, it's fine. I don't, I don't think, uh, you know, taking down the mask or whatever the case may be at that point in time, you know, would have harmed anybody but the people that was right next to her. I wasn't close enough to her. I don't think any of my teammates was close enough to them. Uh, maybe a couple of refs maybe. So I hope they're I hope they're okay, um, but you know, safety first. Dan, hello, Brad. And you look like you about to ask me. Uh, you look you like you ran the fire <laughs> off. Well, it, it's just it, it strikes me. It's you know, as somebody you, you've said all year, like I want fans. I want to uh, see fans. Um, did. Does that get you more excited than when you see some people who are, like you said, a little willing to, to, to kind of tone those waters, whether it was in Cleveland or here, just seeing those faces that, that close to you? Well, I mean, my, well, my guy tonight, he, he uh, you know, he looked, I don't want to say he went overboard, but he went a little bit out of bounds, uh, you know, too close to, to comfort for me. And I said my piece and we could have moved on. Um, but I think it was so close to the officials. I think the official heard it as well, what he has said. Um, and it kind of got blown out of proportion. You know, it's just like sometimes on the floor when two guys get into a scuffle, you know, or, or get into a little, like, jostling and the rest come and try to break it up really fast and it looks like it's bigger than what it really is. That's what it pretty much was tonight. But um, the difference, we're on the court and we're not having any alcoholic beverages. Um, so they might have had some alcoholic beverages on the side. So that could have – it made them feel a little tougher than what they really are, I would say. Just but like to be clear, you were, you were happy – you were happy that this happened, though, right? Like, you enjoyed this. 
Who, me? Yes. I love our fans. <laughs> Laker Nation and everybody else that's against Laker Nation. It just, it just feels better. Fans in the stands is just, it's just better. It's better for everybody. Especially on the last game of a 14-day road trip. All right, so I, I like how LeBron James handled that situation. You know, you know, he could have like you know pushed it and escalated up to the next level, but instead he said, "You know what? You know, I said what I had to say. The guy said what he had to say, and then that was that. You know, he let it go and let the refs handle the situation from there. You know, that's kind of how you you know he I, the way he just gave this interview was very diplomatic, and I think that's the that's a great way of handling situations like that. You know, we can get angry and we can kind of push it. You know. You know, a little further, and and then nothing good is going to come from that. But instead, he said, "You know what? You know, you know, I, you know, I like the fans. We need the fans. You know, it it actually makes it it makes a great game to have the fans in the stands. You know, what do you think, Felicia? <laughs> um, I don't under my my thought whenever you kept bringing this up is like, why are you talking about the age difference between the husband and the wife? <laughs> because a woman can be stupid and open her mouth and run it at any age, regardless of how old her husband is. Like, it just seems like a weird fact to focus on in the story. Um, if you are not housebroken, <laughs> do not go into public, regardless of age, gender, or political affiliation. If you cannot walk out of your house and not be a bad human, stay home. So, Felicia, stay home. are you saying that, you know, she should have been better trained? Yikes. <laughs> See, I'm saying... Yeah, you did. <laughs> I'm saying that as a human being, uh-huh. she should know how to act in public. Uh-huh. And if you were not, stay home. Call Felicia. It's like... <laughs> Don't call me. Call it's like Felicia. if your three-year-old is crying for a candy bar at H-E-B, you say... No, you're not getting this. They're going to throw a temper tantrum <laughs> that you pick up your child and you take them home. All right. So, all right, let's go back to Jason English. You know, Jason, I was going to ask you something. But I changed my mind. I want to ask you about the game. So, who are you rooting for for the Super Bowl? You know what? You got a guy from Michigan. You got a guy from Texas Tech. I'm an Aggie. Um, I can go either one. I guess I'd probably pull for uh, Brady just to make history, but I probably like Patrick Mahomes more. Uh, anybody so I'm, Brady? I'm not sure. I mean, Any- I mean, if you're gonna, if you're going to own a, a football team, you'd probably go with Brady unless you're going to look at the long term play. Right, right, right. But if you're a hater like me, you just wouldn't go with Brady at all. No, I guess so. <laughs> Anyone but Brady, right, Felicia? Absolutely. Plus, we'll always support a Texas boy. All right, all right. So we'll go Texas on this one. All right, that's who we're going to root for. All right, and who's your, your favorite basketball team? You're asking if I have one? Yes, sir. Oh, Spurs, no doubt. Okay. Go Spurs, right. go, absolutely. Now, what's your best uh, concealed carry piece? Handgun. Hey, now, I, 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 I try not to talk about that type I, of stuff. I know, that's what I'm asking you. I think the best one is one that no one knows about. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Everybody knows about all of Michael's. Guns. No, they don't. Yeah. So you carry two on you at all times, right? You know the calibers if you don't know what they are. A 45 and a 38 special. Okay, that's all you need to know. <laughs> but you can't describe them. They, they could be gold. <laughs> they could have silver trim on They're it. gold with platinum. Uh... And diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, you just don't know. All right, so uh, what do you think the best way to conceal carry is? best way you know i I don't know i I, i've wondered that myself because you know obviously there's the best way to conceal it but i don't know the best way to necessarily find it if you needed it (laughs) 
you know, so the, the belly band, the ankle, uh, you know, under the jacket, on the shoulder. Okay. And then the last one, I don't know if you heard about this case out of, uh, that happened on June here in Austin, where it was a sergeant at the United States Army who was working part-time for a rideshare company. Um, and there was a protest going on downtown, and he dropped off a passenger on the 4th Street. He goes to Congress. He makes a right turn onto Congress. When he makes that right turn, there were a group of protesters in the roadway blocking the roadway. So he came to a stop. He looked to his left. Someone was motioning him to roll the window down, so he rolls the window down. And then he notices this person standing next to him with an AK-47 kind of holding it like in a high ready to him because he's in a sort of vehicle. And then the people around the vehicle started pounding on his vehicle, causing damage to his vehicle. With all that sound, and he's looking at this AK-47, he perceived this person was, you know, a threat to him. So he had his handgun in his center console, well, between the seat and the center console. He reached down and grabbed for his gun. He pulled it out. He fired five shots, hit the person with the AK, stopped him. And then when he fired those shots, the crowd cleared. When the crowd, the crowd cleared, he proceeded down Congress to 2nd Street, made a left turn on the 2nd Street, stopped at that first hotel, and grabbed the phone and dialed 911 and called the police and waited for police to arrive. And so far, he has not been prosecuted. What are your, what are your thoughts? I don't know if you heard about that case or not. Yeah, I think everybody living here in the community heard about that when it went down. It's just, I mean, it, obviously a sad situation, um, you know, and it's going to be complicated. It's going to come down to uh, was it reasonable under the situation looking from his point of view? It's the same thing. We've had cases in the past where a group of people have surrounded somebody in a car, beaten on a car down on 6th Street, and then they put the car in drive and they drive through the clock the crowd trying to escape them. It's a, it's the same type of deal as, you know, did they fear for their life? Was that fear reasonable in the situation and, and um, were, were their actions reasonable under the situation? Um, so. Yeah. And I tell people, you know, when I'm teaching the life carry handgun course, situation like that, you know, don't try not to run anyone over, you know, cause nothing good is going to come from you doing that. And the media, the press, the community is going to look down on that and you're going to, you're not going to get a good jury. So don't well, run anyone well, over. What would really have probably been a negative for him is if he didn't call, didn't stop and call 911 himself. I think that's probably one thing that that's going to uh, come highly into his defense or something like that. I would I would be surprised and, and be taken into into consideration on his reasonableness and showing, you know, did he have a bad intent to go out and shoot people or or is it more reasonable how he's he's uh, laying it out? Right. And so far, he hasn't been charged or anything, and so he's he can. He can, it could come at him from different directions because he's a sergeant in the United States Army, active duty, so he can be prosecuted on the Uniform Code of Military Justice and also the Travis County DA's office. So he can come right. from either direction. And I assume that the family could probably sue him civilly as well. Right. Hey, Jason English, how can we find you? Well, you can easily find us on the website, jasonenglishlaw.com. You can call us anytime, 512-454-7548. I'm a former prosecutor. It represents good people who are facing criminal and drunk driving charges. All right, awesome. Thank you, Jason English. Attorney we appreciate with, it. in Austin, Texas. You enjoy the Super Bowl, sir. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. Hey, you appreciate too. It. All righty. All right, so that's Jason English, attorney with Austin, Texas. He used to be a former uh, assistant district attorney here in Travis County and great attorney. So definitely check him out if you need his assistance, Jason S. English Law. 
And we come back from the break. Oh, actually, during the break, we got a surprise for you. I want to talk about something. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talking. Hey, this is AWR Hawkins of Bright Ball Blues, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're last 30 minutes here. And I tell you, it's beautiful looking at downtown Austin, Texas. Blue skies, not a cloud in the sky. I can see downtown. It's my see my sky rise. It looks beautiful. Man, I love this city. And guess what? The camping band is gonna be back on the ballot. <laughs> That's right, boy. We're gonna put the camping band back on the ballot. I know I shouldn't be talking about that. I should talk about guns. Well, this you know, it's about guns. Some people just want to shoot some people, so we want to calm that situation down. We're gonna put the camping band ballot back on the ballot. What do you got, Felicia? Negating the fact that the people like the right, camping band they should have a right to sit and lie, Felicia. Well, no, like trying to negate the fact that violent crime has increased significantly since homeless were allowed to camp and lie wherever they want would be would be a false narrative. So it needs to be on the ballot. Oh my God, and they the- have it's that this city owned property. That's you know what, Felicia, they should be allowed to just sit and lie wherever they want. Oh Actually, my God! Is it? Aren't the underpasses state-owned property? Okay, well Hasn't then that's, that been a conversation that's fine. This it's the entire time. Okay, it's state property. Then it's 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 owned by the people. They should be able to lay there because that's their property. If it's owned by the people, then we should vote on whether or not they're allowed to sit and lie there. Okay, it should not be a unilateral city council decision because right. they're not the only ones affected by it. Okay, all right. Which guy, Zach? What do you think? Oh, I mean, since you're sitting so far away from us through your social distancing. <laughs> I swear. It is an issue. You get COVID and it's like you have a dirty STD. <laughs> I lived my life. I even wore a mask. Aww. And I still got it. Two it's a, times now. It's a now. BTD. Ooh. I'm sorry, what? A breath transmitted disease. Ooh. Well, some people are double masking. At what point do we just choose death? Yeah. Do you double mask? Do he's I only, double he's mask? not even wearing a mask. I would like the record to show for those. He has not a watching mask. with us. He has a scarf. I can he pop has a little a bandana. N95 right in here. Yeah. He has a bandana. He's obviously not that worried, some but people, he won't sit by me. Some people double mask, though. You know, that's what that's the thing that's going around now: double masking, triple masking. Is it really? That's the yeah. thing. Uh-huh. Okay, well, extra protection. I can't say what I want to say. I may get dumped. <laughs> so, we, if you weren't void, if you weren't listening during the break, we had a story for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, a lot of people seem to want to talk about the HR one twenty seven. Uh, man, why do people want to talk about this bill, Felicia? Because it was written to distract them. Because it's never going to pass. Absolutely not. Sheila Jackson has not passed a gun bill in 25 years, regardless of sitting presidents and congressional makeup. I'm going to say that one more time. Sheila Jackson has not passed a gun bill in 25 years, but all of a sudden we're going to be all up in arms over this one. But she's a powerful Democrat in the House. She's absolutely not powerful at all. You don't think so? No one respects her. I don't think she respects her. <laughs> um, I mean, she's a, she's a career politician. Right. No one should respect career politicians. Um, it's a distraction from anti-gun writers and budget bills and COVID relief bills. And they don't get press. 
because they don't have snappy headlines and they don't tick people off the way HR 127 does. But it's a distraction and it's working. Every time you share a Facebook post about it, every time you talk about it, you tweet about it, you bring it up in conversation, you're playing directly into their hands. So stop doing it. What are they trying to distract us from? All the little anti-gun writers that they hide in the bigger bills. Which one of those do you think is the biggest threat? There's so many. I don't even know about all of them. I focus on Texas legislation. This is federal legislation. The biggest thing that you can do if you're worried about what's going to happen in D.C. is get involved and be prepared to show up to Austin and testify when pro-gun bills come into committee. That's the number one thing that you can do because there are several bills that would prohibit Texas law enforcement from um, enforcing federal anti-gun laws. If you are scared of what's going to happen in D.C., shouldn't you be working on Texas legislation that is going to prevent the enforcement of that legislation? Instead of complaining on Facebook, why don't you do something? And what about the anti-gun bills this session? There's a lot of anti-gun bills. Um, There's a pretty solid committee. I don't know if a lot of the anti-gun bills will get hearings. We definitely need people to show up and testify against those as well. But what happened is because of all the Bloomberg money that was coming into Texas during the November elections, the Democrats the Democrats thought the House was going to flip, and it didn't. So they filed a ton of legislation right on early filing day that Monday after the election. Thinking that it would have Thinking that would have flipped, and they would get all this anti-gun legislation passed. But really, it's just, it's just going to clog up the pipelines. Um, Representative James White is the, is the chairman of the Homeland Security Committee, I believe. And he's more than likely not going to give most of those hearings. There's nothing you're worried about right now? Oh, we're always worried. When it comes to government, you never know what's going to happen. But that's why we monitor everything constantly. We are constantly watching what legislation has been filed. um, And committee hearings should start happening in the next few weeks. Better watch like a hawk. Absolutely. Pay attention to Facebook. See what's going to happen verify what you see on Facebook, but it is a good way to share information because um, it's going to be a fight. Do you have a list of any of the uh, the committee assignments that, you know, that we should, you know, because that's Homeland Security. There's also, uh, I can't think of the other House committee. There's another House committee that we need to be concerned about also. And then also you have the Senate side, you know, so I want to know who those. Yeah, those committees were actually released a few weeks ago. Dan really? Patrick was pretty, pretty on it. On that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't think much change in the Senate. Like the House did, you know, so the House yeah. leadership changed. The House and- had a lot of changes right. just because um, there was a new speaker. Um, so for him to change, he completely changed the, the Homeland Security because that was um, that was a well, female state representative last time who was a Democrat. It was Poncho. Oh, that's right. That's right. Poncho was there. Okay. Okay. All right. So I have to wait like eight seconds and then I'll see that. All right. Yeah. So, um, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, and then you have so Homeland Security. Um, Representative James White is the chair. Um, Vice chair is Representative Bowers. The members are Vicki Goodwin. That is a local rep here who Justin Barry actually ran against. Okay, there we go. And lost in the general. Um, we have Representative Sam Harless, Representative Cole Hefner, Representative. I don't remember. Eddie I don't Morales. remember. I don't remember Representative Bowers. Representative Bowers, Rita Andrews. Is she a Democrat? 
I want to say she is, uh, that, but I don't know off the top of yeah. my and head. And I figured Vicki Goodwin would be on that committee because she really hates guns, so she'd love to have anti-gun bills. And we have Jared Patterson, Matt Schaefer, and Tony Tenderholt. Tony Tenderholt. That's a good choice. Um, Matt Schaefer, Schaefer is a very good Cole choice. Cole Hefner. Yeah. Um, they were all endorsed by Gun Owners of America, so yeah. those are very yeah. solid Hefner, Hefner Cole, pro-gun choices. Yeah. Hefner Cole's going to be good. Tenderholt uh, is going to be good. Schaefer's going to be good. Um, so very good, you know, pro-gun people. And James White's going to be good. So as far yeah, as the absolutely. chair, yeah. So that's good. All right. And then, um, yeah. so yeah, Representative Bowers. Um, okay. All right. So I have to do some research on that one. That's 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 a new one for me. And then, okay, what about on the Senate side? Any, everyone, I want to see that that list. I don't have side. that list in front of me. All right. So we'll pull that up. We'll talk about that also. Um, there was a. This other thing I wanted to bring up, and that was in D.C., Representative Lauren Bopart, who promised to carry a gun to Congress, granted concealed carry permit. Uh, it's going to be um, the Senate Homeland Security. Uh, so Representative uh, Lauren Bopart has been granted a concealed weapon permit in Washington, D.C., and police confirmed on Thursday that Bopart was elected to represent a conservative Colorado district last November following a campaign that heavily promoted her pro-gun stance and ardent support of the former President Donald Trump. In a video that went viral last month, Bobart can be seen vowing that she will remain armed while serving at the U.S. Capitol. And Metropolitan Police Department Chief Robert, Robert Conti revealed that Bobart had received a permit to carry a concealed gun during a Thursday press conference. And the concealed carry permit was issued in that case. And Conti said that uh, after being asked about Bopart, there was a permit application that had been in the works with the Metropolitan Police Department. And as we do all, with all permits, if citizens are allowed to carry, then we grant them a permit. In this case, she was allowed to carry and she was granted a permit. So the Conti said that he did not know if additional members of Congress had concealed weapons permits, but was certain there are probably others. Now, the different thing with them in Texas, you know, law enforcement, they're not allowed to tell anyone if someone has a handgun license. You know, so that's going to be a little different in Texas. So you can't go, you know, the police chief can't make a statement that someone actually has a license to carry a handgun. They're not allowed to do that. So that's actually something in statute that keeps them from saying stuff like that. Did you guys know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So when we come back from the break. We're going to talk about more of these committee assignments. I'm going to, you know, talk more about what's going on in the Senate. In, in, in Texas, also the Texas House. And I got another story I want to talk about, uh, talk to you guys about. All right, this is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Jack Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. The right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about what's happening in the Texas state legislature and what's happening around the country. We want to talk about the Texas Senate and some of those committees there so that you know. Uh, let's take a look at uh, Texas Senate Criminal Justice Committee. 
And in the Criminal Justice Committee, we have Senator John Whitmire. There's no change there. Senator Whitmire has been there forever, as long as I can remember. Um, and the reason, and Senator Whitmire, he has a he has he has a passion. He's actually a Democrat, and he has a passion uh, for the Second Amendment because um, he's a he's a gun toting Democrat. And one thing about Senator Whitmire is when he was traveling one day with his family. And they were returning from somewhere, an event or something. They were in like in a parking garage, and they were held at gunpoint. And ever since then, he's been a strong advocate for the Second Amendment. Well, he's make you know he's all about yeah. You definitely should be able to carry a gun in a lot of different places. So, Senator Whit- John Whitmire, you know that's no change in in the Senate. Uh, Senator Joan Huffman, she's been there for quite a while. There's no change in that. Uh, Senator Paul Bedencourt, Bart Birdwell. Uh, Senator Juan Hinojosa, no changes in any of that stuff. It Boris Miles and Robert Nichols. So that that hasn't changed at all. So not a, not much has changed in the Texas Senate as far as the committee for the Committee of Criminal Justice, which a lot of the gun bills will go through that Senate committee. Uh, and then let's go back to the other one in the Senate, which is which one did I say? Uh, state affairs. So looking at state affairs, there are some gun bills that actually goes through that committee, and you have Senator Brian Hughes. Okay, so he's the chair of that committee. Senator Brian Birdwell, no change there. Senator Donna Campbell, Senator Bob Hall, Eddie Lucio Jr., Jay Nelson, Beverly Powell, Charles Schwartner, Judith Zaffarini. So yeah, not not no surprises in in that Senate committee. It looks like most of the pr- surprises are going to be on the House side of things. It's uh, like that's where we're going to find a lot of those. Oops, what's going on here? So going back to the House, looking at the House committees. Um, looking at criminal jurisprudence at the Texas House, criminal jurisprudence. You have uh, State Representative Nicole Collier. She was the chair of that committee last session as well. Representative Keith Bell, Jeff Kaysan, David Cook, Jasmine Crockett, and Representative Gina Hinojosa. She's very uh, a strong advocate You know, with Moms Demand Action. She brings all the anti-gun bills and stands up. And that would be one person that's going to speak against every pro-gun bill. She's very anti-gun. Um, Representative Ann Johnson, Andrew Murr, and Cody Vasut. So no changes there. There's, a, there's several freshmen who are very pro-gun on that committee. Um, Jeff Kaysen actually um, He's replaced, a freshman? Yes. Okay. He replaced Jonathan Stickland. And he is fantastic. He is um very liberty-minded, very pro-gun. Cody Vosut actually replaced Dennis Bonin, who decided to not run for re-election. Um, very pro-gun. Um, looking forward to hopefully having them both co-author constitutional carry. Um, that was filed by Representative Kyle Biederman. And then Senator Drew Springer actually filed a companion bill um, in the Senate for constitutional carry. And that's the first time that constitutional carry has been filed in the Senate since 2015. So in regards to some of the pro-gun bills that a lot of the gun organizations are looking at in Texas, we're doing really, really well. Okay. And who filed the bill in the Senate? Uh, Senator Drew Springer, who won his special election against Shelley Luther. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, all right. So he's definitely he definitely wants to make a he wants to make it easier for his next run there. So he's actually going to probably do some hard work this session. He actually set a record. He filed 11 pro-gun bills in the Senate, many of them identi- identical to some House bills because yeah. we all know it's easier to get things done when you have bills going through the House and, and the, the Senate. Senate. Right. And this is Are the they first identical time. bills? 
Several of them are. Uh huh. Is the Constitution carry bill that's in the Senate that's been filed? Is it identical to the one that's in the House? There are several constitutional carry bills in both in both chambers. I don't think that there any of them are identical to one another. Okay. But you also never know what bill's actually going to make it out of committee. Right. So it, they don't necessarily have to be identical for them to be effective. Okay. But we are pretty optimistic okay. as far as pro gun people go in the state of Texas. Yeah, it's a lot better now that we got Bonin out and also Poncho Cocaine Navarro. Yeah, I mean, everyone wants to get mad at Bonin, and the way that he reacted wasn't appropriate, sure. Um, but we've had Republican majorities for years. We had Republican speakers for years, and constitutional carry never made it. So did Bonin help? Absolutely not. But we can't blame everything on him because there were amp- there was ample opportunity before he was ever even Speaker of the House. Now, what about, um, let's see, with this session here, is it going to be any different now we're in COVID-19, um, COVID-20, COVID-2021, whatever you want to call it, uh, because of the Rona? <laughs> are they any different, you know, are they doing anything different, you know, at the Capitol? So you do have to wear a mask at the Capitol. I believe they're requiring a negative COVID test to enter the building. Um, and they're, they're requiring you to get it elsewhere? They are testing it? at the Capitol prior to entry. Wow. Um, now, a lot of these rules are changing. Um, are they charging Pretty for regularly, no. So anyone who is interested in showing up to the Capitol, what I would suggest you do, and this is a mildly shameless plug here, is go to gunowners.org slash Texas and sign up for our email list because we have a legislative session only newsletter that goes out every single Monday called The Bullet. And it's just a list of bullet points of exactly what you need to know Um going into that week on session. That's where we'll start announcing committees. We'll be sharing um, research and talking points. And all of these questions that we're getting in the comments and that Zach and Michael are asking, we share that information on a weekly basis as it changes in those emails on our website, on our Instagram, and in our Facebook group. Yeah, you'll stay on top of it. Sign up, people. All right, so Thomas Harrison says, Abbott wants Texas to be a Second Amendment sanctuary state. How is that promise looking? What do you think, Felicia? I think it really depends on how you define Second Amendment sanctuary state. What does that mean? Mm. No one, like, everyone's talking about it, and it's, it, it's provocative, yeah. But, I mean, it's like that movie quote. No one knows what it means, but it's getting the people going. To me, Vermont's a, a sanctuary state. Um, <sighs> there are bills being proposed that would give Second Amendment sanctuary state meaning and teeth. Currently, the way that it's being talked about by some of our statewide elected officials, it's an idea. It's, um, I want to run for president in 2024, so I'm going to throw the Republicans as bones so that they remember me in a few years. There's not a whole lot of tangible information or commitment there. In fact, when he gave his state of the state last week, it didn't even make it into his top priorities. It was like the fourth or fifth honorable mention. And again, we've had Governor Abbott in office since 2014. If he really and truly cared about constitutional carry and pro-gun bills, they would have been a priority before now. So, yeah, we can get excited that he's actually saying pro-gun stuff. But when push comes to shove, everyone's going to have to get their butt to the Capitol to testify. 
or we're not going to be holding him accountable. And it's it's really a kind of a we have to put our feet to the fire and 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 see what put their feet to the fire and see what happens. So you can't talk let, is cheap. It's time to put your money where your mouth is. Can't let the Rona scare you. <laughs> yeah, and they they are going to be having some virtual options. Um, it's a little kind of unclear on how that's going to play out once committees start. Um, and again, that's information well, that we're you. releasing you, on a weekly basis. If you let people testify remotely, we're going to be there all day. <laughs> that's going to be a nightmare because it's I mean, when people show up and it these these committee hearings can go into like one and two o'clock in the morning. I've been there to two o'clock in the morning sometimes. Absolutely. You know, like so 16 hour days just sitting at the Capitol. And that's when people show up in person. So I can't imagine you know, I can't imagine them doing it remotely where you can will, be at home and testify. Oh, my goodness. It will likely mean that testimony times are shorter, which means that you're going to have to be very concise and really know what the bill is talking about and really know what you want to say. Like you got 30 seconds go. <laughs> Basically. Wow. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. And that's why it's so important. If you see something going, quote unquote, viral about a bad bill filed in the Texas House or the Texas Senate. Read the bill before you share something, because just because your neighbor, Tom, who took a license to carry class in 1980 and has been pro-gun ever since and hoards ammo, <laughs> says something happened and says that this bill is going to do something doesn't mean that it's actually going to happen. Mm. And you have to make sure you're not sharing fake news because then that gets people riled up over the wrong stuff. And we miss opportunities to to work on some good legislation that could pass. Mm. All right, so there's a lot going on. And what what about uh, paramedics? You think paramedics should be able to, you know, carry a gun in their line of duty? You're asking me. Yeah, I'm asking you. I, I think I think they should. Um it, sure. they're yeah, because they, they end up wind up in yeah. certain situations where you're a paramedic and all of a sudden there's no you know, they get there sometimes before law enforcement arrive on the scene. And if a scene is hectic, something's crazy, and their life is threatened, they need to be able to protect themselves. They're not law enforcement. They're not supposed to engage and, you know, and, and do those things. They're, they're there for life-saving purposes. But if they're in a situation where their life is threatened and someone's trying to kill them, uh, you know, because the person, you know, situations get like that sometimes, yeah, I think they should be able to protect themselves. All right, so, yeah, so I think so. Yeah, absolutely. On a personal note, I think anyone who – can legally own a firearm, should legally be able to carry a firearm to protect themselves. All right, so who uh, who are you going for in the Super Bowl? I probably won't even watch it, if I'm being completely honest. I don't care. All right, who are you going for, Zach, in the Super Bowl? Hey, uh, Mahomes, man. He went to Texas Tech also. Red Raiders, guns up. Oh, that's right, because Zach is a graduate of Texas Tech. I always forget that's that. Right. That's right. I didn't yeah. even know you went to college. Oh. <laughs> yes. And I graduated. Yeah, he's not. He's, We're not all perfect. We just call him street <laughs> trade. He's really not street trade. all right so as always more guns equals less crime you go out there and you buy yourself a gun you've been listening come and talking with michael cargill How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. 
Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles. And Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.